theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for coming and gracing us, gracing us with your beautiful presence. So we have the story that the Balatanya brings you in the Maimer. Everybody knows about Yitzchak, that, that he was planning to give the blessings to Esau. And then Yaakov dressed up as his brother Esau, and he fetched the brachas, the blessings. And when Esau came, Yaakov told him, Your brother came b'mirma, which means uh, stealthily, uh, with, yes, with stealth, b'mirma, like... Uh, It's, uh, it's on 198, the first column. Deceitfully. He took the blessings. Which, why? Why, why should it be set up this way? I mean, Rivka could have spoken to her husband and explained to him that, uh, Yaakov deserves the blessings, not Esau. In fact, we have a previous story of the same, uh, similar uh, situation. Avram wanted Yishmal to stay in the house. He said, Lu Yishmal Yechia I wish Yishmal could live before you. This is my child. Sarah had a completely different plan. She understood that Yishmal and Yitzchak won't be able to be together. And Avram disagreed. And Hashem told Avram, whatever Sarah says, listen to her. Which some say is an eternal and timeless commandment for every Avram and every Sarah for all generations. But what do we see from here? Avram had a perspective. Sarah disagreed with him. And then Sarah said, you, you don't believe me? Ask Hashem, you'll see who's right. Rivka could have done the same thing. Yitzchak, you don't believe me. You have a connection there. Yitzchak was, uh, the Pasuk itself says Yitzchak was a Navi. Shem told Avi Melech, Yitzchak is a Navi. And um, Avram is a Navi. But Yitzchak also was a prophet. So Lechayda, what's the problem? So we see from here that it, and Yitzchak wasn't even upset at Rivka. You would think that Yitzchak would be upset at her. You know, such a thing, it's very... Um, we would call it, yeah, very manipulative. Yitzchak is not upset. In other words, there was an understanding that there was something at play that required it to be this way. And the point he brings out is that the brachas, she wanted to make sure, are coming from a place that are Beyond Yitzchak's das. It shouldn't be enclosed in what we call das, awareness, perception. But what, 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 what would this mean? It seems very obscure, it seems very strange, very, very enigmatic. Like, what's the point of this? At the surface level, when you look at it externally, it seems like almost it was stolen. It's not yours. The only way you got it was by camouflaging as your brother. In other words, the relationship with you is a much weaker one than if it would have been given with consciousness and with awareness and with preparation. 
then I, I give you a blessing because I want to give you a blessing. Then it's a real bracha. Here you came and I was talking to somebody else. I wanted to talk to somebody. I wanted to give it to somebody else. And you hopped it away because you made, you made believe you that somebody else. So you managed to fool me and deceive me. So how deep is the blessing? It's, it's, it's skin deep. It's, it's superficial. It's not even yours. It's basically stolen money. It's not, it's not your gift, you know. I'm giving a gift to somebody. You make believe you're that somebody. You get that gift. You run away with it. Okay, but you know that it's not yours. So you would think that the relationship between Yaakov and the blessings as a result would be much more superficial. Very, very skin deep. It doesn't even go in. And that's on one level when you look at it externally. When you look at it, however, from a deeper place, it's really the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. And this is brought out from that story in Tesefta, the Mesechtepeya, with the father and the son, that the, that the Braisa tells us, the Tesefta tells us in Mesechtepeya in chapter 3, that there was the Chassid, right? We spoke about the story, there was the Chassid, the pious Jew, in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, who was a farmer, and he forgot sheaves, one or two sheaves of, sheaves of grain in the field. And when he realized that he forgot, he told his son to go and purchase an ox, two oxen, and bring them as a sacrifice in the base Hamikdash, one as a carbon oila, and one as a carbon shlamim. The carbon oila you don't eat, it gets burnt on the altar, but the carbon shlamim, part of it, is burnt on the altar, part of it is eaten by the Kayan, part of it is eaten, most of it is eaten by the owner. So it's usually a carbon with a whole su'uda, you can eat in Yerushalayim, you can bring friends and your family and whoever you want really, as long as they're pure, and they can eat it within Yerushalayim, and you have two days and a night, which means the day that you bring the carbon, the night afterwards, and the day afterwards. So it could be an extended, uh, an extended situation. And it was a very beautiful occasion in Jerusalem when a Jew would bring a carbon adava, a contribution, a carbon shlomim, and a part of it would be burnt as a carbon, like the fats, different fats that we don't eat, and then the rest would be eaten in holiness, in Kedusha. And that's what he does. And his son says, We always do mitzvahs. Every time we bench, you eat a meal, bench, also go bring a carbon. It's a mitzvah to bench, you did a mitzvah. And every time you, you put on tefillin, or you put on tzitzis, you should also go, go bring a carbon. You can always bring a carbonus. Baruch Hashem, every time you give tzedakah, give, bring a carbon. Myra So what does his father say? His father says to him that all the mitzvahs Hashem gives us ledateinu. They're done with our das. Zushaloy ledateinu. This is done without our das. In fact, if we would have had das, we could have never done this mitzvah because it's based on shikha, on forgetfulness. And you can't plan to forget, because if you plan to forget, you're not forgetting. Forgetfulness, by definition, is when there's an absence of awareness, an, abs- an absence of das, of knowledge. So therefore, we have to, to this is generating a unique simch. But the question still remains, what's the... Okay, so it's not done from das. So it's done through not das. So what's the simch? So I'll be pshat, you say, it's a gift. That's what he says, that it's a gift, it's a matonimal maila. In other words, I couldn't prepare for it. But 
but here we have the whole, the, really the whole point. That there's something about this mitzvah, because it's rooted in a place where my das can't prepare for it, that it means that it's not, in other words, again, superficially, you would say mitzvah shikha is skin dip, skin, skin deep, it's forced on you. A mitzvah that I want to do, I go and give tzedakah, I want to give it, I do it with my heart, with my mind, with my soul. Shikha, I didn't even want to. Okay, I'm forced, so to speak. I forgot. Nebuch. What's, what's the result when shikha happens? Yeah, what do they say? Uh, what do you have to do to remember your wife's anniversary? Huh? The old joke, you have to forget it once, yeah? So I forget one shikha and I lose all these expensive bundles. What I, I'm going to make sure next time not to forget. In other words, what's the practical lesson of shikha person would think? Don't forget! <laughs> you forgot, okay, tough luck. It's some way that God distributed the monies to poor people because they needed money. So far, this is one mechanism that he does among others. Next time, don't forget. But you would think that mitzvah has a much poorer, a much weaker relationship with me. I wasn't even involved. I was calm, calm involved. <laughs> I basically, I wasn't interested in it. It's part of the program forced on me. That's what you would think. The father is saying, no, that the here the simcha, the joy is greater than any other mitzvah. And the Tosefta brings it. In other words, the Chazal are confirming this. He was, he was onto something. He was onto something. What 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 all what is what is behind all of this? It's interesting because um, we're talking in a regular thing like we're going through when we're driving our car and we get stuck in a traffic jam. Oh, gums are the table. Like it's everything's supposed to be for the good, for the good. The regular things. Yeah. Reach into our pocket. So kosher things. If something ends up in a mitzvah that way, then we should really really be happy because it's a hashkaf and practice. It happened without us making it happen. Hashem is sending it down, you know, it's, it's more not true. Hashem is sending it down. So even by, you know, by Yitzchak, he, he, didn't, he didn't know that... That it was Yaakov. Yeah. And so once it happened, it turned into like a huge mitzvah. He knows it. He sees it's right. It's... Right. So what's, what's the, what's the Havana here? What's the understanding? I mean, that's the wrong word, the Havana, but what's the Indian here? What's the MS that's being conveyed here? Is Hesach Das a similar concept with the same thing? It says Mashiach comes. The Hesach Das, Afen Zalben Schnitt. Hesach is. It's the same Mahalach, yeah. Mashiach Bab Hesach Das, yeah. It's a similar question. What's Mashiach Bab Hesach Das? We ask for Mashiach in our tefillahs close to 60 times a day. That's called Hesach Hadas. <laughs> in Shemayna Esra itself, you have 18 blessings that Chazal made. Today, 19. Six out of them are about Mashiach. <laughs> Six. That's a third. Mamash a third. Six out of them. Not one, not two, not three. And when you finish, you would think, okay, you go back three steps. Oh, by the way, I forgot one more thing. <laughs> you went back three steps, you finished, yeah? You're saying goodbye. Whoa, 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 whoa. One more thing. One more thing. Seventh time. And then in benching. This is Shachris, Mincha, Maidav, etc. So what's the Hesachadas? 
And then those who say that you do 13 principles, they say every day, Ani Mamen, so what's the Hesachadas? <laughs> this is called Hesachadas. And in, and in Shemines, you say, L'shu'oscha kivinu kol hayoyim. I'm sure I wait a few minutes, I think about it. Kol hayoyim. Where's the Hesachadas? This is Hesachadas. By an Erlich Yid, a Jew who's, who's permeated with, with, with Yiddishkeit, Mashiach is not Hesachadas. It's interwoven into the very fabric of Judaism. On every level. Okay, this is uh, yeah, yeah. Good. When you have the answer, you let us know. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question first of all because I don't know, and second of all because uh, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying, what's the Nekud of Hesachadas? It's, it's, it's a Gewaldi Keshayla. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Mashiach Baba Hesachadas. Hesachadas means when you're not thinking about it, right? We have in Menachas, everybody by Mitzvah Bach knows in Shulchanarch, the Tfilin are not allowed to have Hesachadas. Right? That's why, huh? <laughs> the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Mashiach will come B'dor Shekulo Izaka, B'dor Shekulo Chayav. <laughs> Right? So what's this Hesachadas? Mashiach Hesachadas means when you're completely absent. Hesachadas means your das is removed. You're completely not thinking about it. Who thinks seven times about Mashiach? Okay, so you're saying, but practically speaking, people are preparing the plans for the summer in the Catskills. I understand. I understand the answer. I was once in a bungalow colony for Shabbos. And I was walking Sunday afternoon. It was a very nice place. You know, these new, uh, these new developments, beautiful homes, big homes, nicer than they have in the, in the city, winterized homes, grace. And it was Sunday afternoon. It was like the perfect day. You know, that perfect Sunday afternoon day, not too hot, not too cold, not too humid. And everybody was making a barbecue. And you can hear, you could smell, smell the steaks with the ribs, with the, so everybody, the smoke of every home, huh? Outdoors. No, 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 no. No, no, a very religious place. So one of the chavah there, a Pnimi's dicker person, he tells me, what's the worst thing that can happen in this bungalow colony right now? I don't know, he says, Mashiach coming. <laughs> he says, that's the worst thing that can happen for them. Ganz <laughs> geht, huh? What? Yeah. It was <laughs> he was identifying something, yeah. <laughs> that would be like, you know, you have to ruin everything. <laughs> well, sell the real estate abyssal, put away some savings, open a Swiss account, and then we'll uh those. Oh, so that's Right, so, but, but the Gemara, Retach, the Gemara is talking about for the Gemara standards. You're right, we know that in reality, this has a chadas. So, so the answer to that is going to be also clear in this Maimer, what real has chadas means. So the point in all of this is, and here we can understand it, I think, very practical and uh, in a very relevant way to people's lives. 
in everybody's lives, there are different types of realities. We say every morning, Ashreinu matoiv chalkeinu, umanoyim goyraleinu, umayafu yirushaseinu. What are the three things? Balatanya explains, there's chalkeinu, how good is our lot? How sweet is our goyrul? Chalkeinu is our portion, goyrulenu is our lot, yirushaseinu is our inheritance. What's the difference between the three? Chalkeinu, goyrulenu, yirushaseinu. Chalkeinu is your chalak. Like we say, v'sein chalkeinu b'seirasecha. Everybody has their chalak in Torah. How do you know what your chalak in Torah is? Well, part of it is your appetite. <laughs> we spoke about food. Different people are attracted to different foods. Different bodies need different foods. V'sein chalkeinu b'seirasecha. You see throughout all the generations, different people have a different geshmak in different parts of Torah. And it's not an Indian to force people to dafka learn that which they don't have such a delight in. Torah is so big, you have people that are exceptional when it comes to halacha. Especially the technicalities. The detailed technicalities, they mamish come to life. Other people, it's very hard for them. You have boys, Gemara, Be'iyon, with Rashi, and Toysvah, and Rishonim, and they come to life. And for others, it's very, very difficult. But they would be very successful in other parts. Judaism is very, very big. It's very broad. Aruchameir, it's midah. There's like infinite diversity. You have Tereshabiksav, you have Tanakh, and you have Midrashim, and you have history, and you have philosophy, and you have Musr, and you have Kabbalah, and you have Chsidis, and you have Machshava, and in Halach itself, and you have Bavli, and you have Yerushalmi, and you have Rishonim, you have Echredim, you have Shalsut Shuvas, and it's different genre, uh, what's the word? Genres of, 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 of Torah. It's all one Torah. But it's like there's, there's so many different angles and aspects. There's right brains and left brains and everything in between. So, Vesein Chalkeinu Besayrasecha, I should be able to find my part. They have a, they have these, uh, programs where you go f- to find out what career you should choose in life. What vocation you should choose in life. How do they, how do they make the shidduch? They do all this testing of what are your talents? What are your skills? What are your weaknesses? <laughs> That's a big thing. What are you good at? What are you not good at? You know, as much as you know what, yeah, I gotta know what you're good at. You also have to know what you're miserable at, what you're not good at. So you can delegate and what you should not be doing on your own. And as a result, a profile can be created and the profile can then Produce ramifications, results that, you know, you would, you would excel in this. A principal of a school told me that he went, uh, he's, a, he's an educator, he travels in America a lot. So he told me that he went to a school and he watched a teacher for five minutes and he saw that it was a disaster for him and it was a disaster for the children. So he went over to the teacher and he said, everybody's going to be nice to you, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you the way it is. For you to be in a classroom is Gehenim for you and it's even more Gehenim for the kids. In this world, they're not going to need Gehenim in the next world. Be, being with you for a year, I mean, he said it nicer. And uh, you should really, you should really quit ASAP. You push it, it's mamish not made for you. You know, the glove and the hand just don't fit each other. He said, you re- it's not, you don't need classes, you don't need, you don't need a, a what's called tuning, uh, <laughs> you know, when you, uh, a tune-up for your car, you don't need to learn, this is really not for you. And this principal was telling me the story, and he said that the person listened to him. 
He went into real estate and he met him five years later and he said, you know, you saved my life. You saved my life. He thought this is the way to go. He's going to go chinuch. He's going to do a holy thing. But sometimes it's really not a good match. The person, you know, to be an educator takes a lot. It's sweat and then love and blood and tears. It's a lot. It's not, it wasn't for him. So the chilek are those elements in life where you could peer it together. Here's a profile of a person. This is who you are. This is who you're not. This is what you're good at. This is what you're not good at. And it's those parts of life that we plan based on our intelligence, our emotions. And that itself is a very complicated thing, you know. What are your, what are your goals for the next year? What are your goals for the next five years? What are your goals for the next ten years? These are not questions that people like dealing with. They're hard questions. I have, I barely have goals for the day. You know, you want to know for ten years what my goals are? People are trying to survive. If you can make a couple, ah? Huh? Sometimes it's easier for 10 years than today. <laughs> yeah, if it's a goal for 10 years, as long as I don't have to deal with it now. But when you say, what's your goal for 10 years? It's in order to start now, right? Because that's when you're going to fulfill it. How do you set these goals? You set these goals based on how you understand who you are, what your ambitions are, what you want to accomplish. And this is an important element of life. It's basically embracing you the way you know you and making the best out of it and actualizing it, what we call self-actualization, uh, self-realization, and all of the lovely words that the seminars and the great gurus offer you. Then there is Yerushasenu. Yerushasenu is that which you uh, inherit. That's called the gene pool. And that is, each of us carries the imprint of our fathers and our mothers and our grandmothers and our grandfathers for good and for better. <laughs> and sometimes there are some challenges there too. Whether I like it or not, I'm part of a family. I mean, as teenagers, we like to deny it. <laughs> We're not part of a family. We're all part of a family. I am my father. I am my mother. I am my grandfather. I am my grandmother. I am my great-grandfather. I am my great-grandmother. And... Uh, that's not Hesed Hadas. That's my Yerusha. This is not my own profile. I'm also not my father, and I'm not my mother, and I'm not my grandfather. That's Chalkeinu. But there is Yerusha Seinu. I am my father, and I am my mother, and I am my grandfather. I mean, when they're back, back generations. That's an essential part of who I am. I can make choices. I should make choices. But I am part of a family. <laughs> And that's an essential, that's an essential component of a person's life, which comes with tremendous blessings, sometimes comes also with some challenges. You know, as Jews, we all know that what Ashkenazim inherit and what the Svardim inherit on many levels, on a physical level, biological level, a psychological level, emotional level. It's not simple. Each one of us is a product of thousands of years of people. It doesn't have an impact on us in extraordinary, brave, and courageous ways, and in some difficult ways also. You know, we come from a people that has suffered tremendously. There's a lot of trauma in our history. You think it doesn't affect people? Even if they're living in America and prosperity, when you're carrying trauma for so many years, I mean, we know about third-generation Holocaust survivors, right? And then this fourth-generation what Jews went through in Russia or other parts of Eastern Europe, their own churbanas that they went through, and has these things have impacts. There's, of course, also the tremendous positive qualities 
of commitment and sacrifice and wisdom and so forth. In every community and in every family individually. And in every person in the family individually. There's Yerusha Seinu, that's Yerusha. And that's something that's part of your life. Deal with it and embrace it and learn to love it. There's something else called Goyro Leinu. Goyro. What's a Goyro? We learned in the Mimer of Purim. Goyrul again seems very superficial. They have a concept called Zoycha Begoyrul. What's Zoycha Begoyrul? Yeah. You make a Goyrul like a lottery. Everybody gives a dollar, you put it in the pot, they take out the paper, right? Like in camp. Oh, it's your number, you win. What's the relationship between you and the victory? Mazel. It's called good luck. Somebody else could have gotten, the, somebody else's ticket could have been chosen out of the hat, and then he would have won. It's almost random. It's not almost. It seems completely random. It's not like you worked for it. It's connected to you. Why did I win this girl because I won the girl? It's a mistake. It happens to be a mazel. Why did this person win the lottery and not me? Azoy. He won. It would seem random. That's what a girl means. A girl, by definition, means it's just a girl. In in modern Hebrew, they say it's part of the girl. Part of the girl means it's just. Sometimes you hear news reports, but a person was walking and a tree fell, and they'll always say this person was just in the wrong time, the wrong place, or the person was in the right time in the right place. So there's Eichel Begayro. Destiny, right, destiny, which see, could seem blind, very blind. Again, to the positive, or chas to the negative. Goyro, blind fate. You see, however, Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, one of the main avoiders was the avoid of Goyro. The Kohen Gadol would choose a Goyro and put it on two goats, Lashem, Lazazel. Purim, it says in Zoya, Yom HaKippurim is Kippurim. Why is it called Purim? Al Shem HaPur, who a Goyro. A Goyro. Which Goyro? Haman threw a Goyro. Which month is best to kill the Jewish people? So he had a hat, and he picked out notes. Nisan, Iyah, Sivan, Tamas, Av, Elul. Other, great, other. Which day? Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Yud, Gimel, other. Shai. So because Haman made a girdle, therefore we have to name the holiday Purim to celebrate that Rosh Hashanah's girdle. So there's obviously something deep in the girdle, to the point that the whole Yom Kippur is called Kippurim, and Purim is Al Shem Hapur in Persian, Pur in Farsi. Pur is girdle. That's what it says in Megillah. Al Shem Hapur, Al Kain Purim. Why they call it Purim? Al Shem Hapur. Who ha girdle? What we're learning here is that it's exact the opposite. It's those things that can't be manifested in Das because they're connected with me in a place that is beyond awareness. And because the connection with me is so deep, it's connected to my essence. Not just to my Memale, but to my Soiviv, not just to my Soiviv, but to my attic, pnimi is hakeser, makif lamakif, rotsin lerotsin, that it's not conscious. Not that it's not conscious because it's not me. It's not conscious because it's the deepest part of me that doesn't manifest itself in the containers of consciousness. Ah? Huh? 
It, it, it's, in other words, it's the choices that I make in life without knowing that I made those choices. It's the choices that are rooted in such a deep place of my soul that it's the choices that I make without ever knowing that I made the choices. And at the surface, it seems like completely disconnected from me. This is the really, of what you've talked about, Esther and Mordechai saying, Exactly. That's the Mioidea. The same word. Esther is summoned by Achashve, is summoned by Mordechai. He says, go to your husband and ask him to save our people. Esther says, Mordechai, it's not going to work. I know my husband. He's a Meshugina. He's a dictator. He's a tyrant. You walk in without permission. You come out with a head shorter. So, so what's going to be gained? I'll go in, I'll die, and then the Jews will die. Let, let's think this through, Mordechai. <laughs> Esther was a smart girl. <laughs> Esther was saying something very wise. You want me to walk in? Yeah, he, if he's interested in me, Mela, he's not interested in me. 30 days, he's ignoring me. He, he found other Persian women, Baruch Hashem. Machashverish is busy, as we see in the Megillah. You want me to go in? Plead for my people. By the time I start pleading, I'm already dead. So now, now your last, your last hope is gone. Let's think this through. No, what does Mordechai answer? <laughs> what does Mordechai answer? Esther's saying something pretty, pretty rational. So Mordechai says, Vayoyim Mordechai Esther. First of all, don't think you're going to be saved. Okay, Alta Dami Benevin. Next. The Jewish people are going to be saved anyway. <laughs> you will lose your opportunity. And then he finishes. What's his punchline? And the punchline is always the punchline, you're right? The grand slam. Who knows if this is not the reason you have reached the palace, you have become the queen. Who knows if this is not the reason? He says, Mioidea, who knows? Now, when we say who knows, it means like maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. So you want me to go and jeopardize my entire life based on a question. Maybe. Maybe yes, maybe not. And Mordechai is the head of the Sanhedrin. Mordechai is the spiritual leader of the Jewish people, besides his close kinship with Esther. You might have thought he would have said, I know that this is the reason. We know this is the reason. It's clear that this is the reason. It's not a question that this is the reason. Mioidea is like very uh, wishy-washy. The truth is that Mordechai is actually saying something much deeper than that. Mordechai is saying Mioidea, not as a question, who knows, Mioidea, he's also saying something to Esther. That these are those moments in life that are not in the world of Das. Mioidea, they are beyond Das. Mioidea, who knows? This is not something that will be processed in Das because Esther is perturbed by a major question. Here I am, a regular Jewish girl, valedictorian of Beis Yaakov, finished high school, or by Sruchel, or by Surah, or by Srifka, or Benoist Sanz, or Benoistian, or Shalamis, or Bruria, whatever. I don't want to discriminate. All the beautiful Jewish schools. Where do you send your daughter? YSV. 
Okay. <laughs> Ashar. Family. Whatever it is. I'm a beautiful Jewish girl. I had different plans. How in the world do I end up by this shikira guy in, 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 in Persia? Where does this come to me? And Mordechai answers, Mi idea. There are paths in life that we are led through. Or to say it even much more accurately, paths in life that we take that are so profoundly connected with our souls in the deepest fashion that they are not processed or facilitated through our das. Not because they're disconnected from us, but because the connection happens on the quintessential level of human existence, which is beyond consciousness. That which comes into consciousness is always that which is filtered and restricted. And here itself you have two levels. You have mamale and you have soivif. I'm not going to repeat yesterday's shear, but that was a very important shear. The difference between the two. One is the consciousness, the way you assimilate it and it becomes part of you. When all the organs and the limbs are cultivated, like the teacher cultivating the student, there is a deeper layer, deeper level in the person, which we call soiviv kalaman. It's a metaphor for soiviv kalaman, which is rotsen, the kayach rotsen, the kayach rotsen, which rules over the entire organism and over the human life. And the power of kayach rotsen is incredible because it encompasses identically the entire body from the brain all the way to the pinky, all the way to the smallest toe. They are all under the authority and leadership of the power of will. We're talking in a healthy person where the connections are there. Sometimes a person wants to move and they can't because of of a certain illness. Obviously, there's a disconnect. That's even a deeper relationship. In the language of the Maimah, one is pnimi, one is makif. Makif doesn't mean it's not in you. Makif means it's in you, but in a way that it's not limited to the particular limitations and chemistry of that organ. On the contrary, it represents the bittal, the surrender, the submission of the organs and of the limbs and of the various parts of the body to the rotsen. But there's stage three. And that is, that desire, that will, where does that come from? If we speak in the source, we speak about Kesser. So he says, Mamala is the divine energy of Atsilas, of the ten spheres, which is manifested in every creation of the world. That's what we call Ishtalshalos, through an endless process of restrictions and more restrictions and more tzimtzum and more condensing until it suits and it vivifies the rock or the mosquito, or the bee, or the grain of sand, or the droplet of water, or the flake of snow, or the particular atom, or molecule, combination of atoms, or the black hole, or the greatest galaxy, and then in the spiritual worlds, and so forth. Soiv of Kalalman represents the rotsen of Hashem, the will of Hashem, which encompasses the entire universe, and all of the universes identically, Again, back to the metaphor, we spoke about the difference of the manager and the CEO of a company. The Rotson encompasses everything, and it's not limited to the finite properties of every creation, because the whole idea of will is that it transcends it. 
But this is all conscious. I want, and my desire dictates what I will do. And everything in life ultimately is fueled by Ratzon. It has to start with will. This question of what comes after that. I want to become the greatest pianist in America. It's going to take me years of practice. Will is not going to help. Yeah. Rabbi Yaakov said yesterday that uh, there's two qualities you need in life, right? And anything. You have to want and you have to have the ability. <laughs> I could want, I want, but I don't have the ability. <laughs> I can have the ability, but I don't want. <laughs> we all know that. There's people who want, they want, but you just don't have, you're not able. You're able, but you don't want. <laughs> and if you're able and you don't want, it's not going to work. You can do it, but you're just not interested. There's no oxygen, there's no passion, there's no soul, there's no rutzen behind it. So you have to have the rutzen, and then there's the rutzen, for the rutzen to be implemented. Those types of things in life that require mentorship and education, yeah, requires kaychis pnimim. I have to work with the student. I can't just say march. Just doesn't work that way. But that's all I want. Where does this rotson come from? Where does this rotson come from? This rotson comes from what's called pnimiyasakasr, not chitzayniyasakasr. What's the difference? In Hashem, how did he say it? Again, I'm using the abstract ISIS. The lower level of kasr is called roish virishin l'neetzalim. The higher level of kasr is called pchina tachtoyna shabimatzel. What's the difference? There's keser as the crown of Atsilus. There's keser the way it's rooted in the source of Atsilus. What the, what the secular writers like to call the Godhead. <laughs> they call it the Godhead. <laughs> I'm not going to use the word Godhead. But the point is, there's keser the way it's rooted in the source. Soiv of Kalalman is already a relationship with the worlds. I want this. Want is a relationship. I want you. I want this. I want this goal. I want this project. There's the I that precedes the Ratzon. That's the core. That's the Ratzon behind the Ratzon. The Makif, which is Makif even relative to Makif. That's not conscious, not because it's not there. Because it's deeper then the ability, it transcends. It's so infinite that any container can't contain it, including the container of consciousness. Because consciousness, by definition, means my experience of it. I'm aware of it. I'm conscious of it. This precedes consciousness. But it's because it's deeper than consciousness. Not because it's disconnected from you, because it's not real. It's deeper than consciousness. Huh? It's choice, but it's a different type of choice. It's not a choice I'm going to be aware of. It's the choices that are rooted in the essence of my neshama. So, and this is what inspired Esther more than anything else. Mordechai knew exactly what's going to touch Esther. Mordechai told Esther, "Me idea. This is mamish why your neshama came into this world. It's beyond that, beyond my das, beyond your das. You'll say, but why? Why?" How does it make sense in the tra- in the trajectory of Esther's life, right? The trajectory tra- trajectory of Esther's life. This is not part of it. The base was trajectory means in the 
When, if you're looking at a picture, yeah, you, 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 every person, you know, every 10 year old, 20 year old, you know, your outline, what your life is supposed to look like. This is not it. You're not ending up in a palace. And what was the end of Esther's life? <laughs> a woman once came to me after a shear. She said, I don't celebrate Purim. It's the saddest day in the world. I said, why? She said, everybody's busy. The Jews were saved. And what happened with Esther? She remained stuck in the palace with this guy. For the rest of her life, she never got out. Big simcha, grosser simcha. So I asked her, I said, if you would know in 1938 that you could become a wife of one of the, the senior, or maybe most senior officials in the Third Reich, and as a result of that, not one Jew would have been killed from 1939 till 1945. All because of you. How would you feel about your life? A success story or a failure? It's not the regular Borough Park, Muncie, Lakewood, B'nai Brak, Yerushalayim, even Teaneck, <laughs> or Toronto or Chicago path. I know that. It's a unique path. But what would you feel about your life? Not one Jew would have been murdered. Not one. All because of you. Not such a failure. Not such a failure. I said, I think you would embrace it. But why? Why Esther? Why not another one? It's not something that's assimilated into the world of Das. It's Lamailam and Adas. So this was after he wanted this so badly that he forgot Oh, that's good. That's good. what I forget is also part of me. Today in the world of therapy, you know, forgetting, as we know, is all planned. It's just planned by the subconscious. I forgot. I didn't forget. So you have it in a very negative sense, you know, in the Freudian model of repression, repression, repression. The unconscious because I can't deal with it. And if you get enough therapy and you'll bring it to the surface, you'll be able to deal with it. But there's also an unconscious in a very positive sense. Not subconscious, but superconscious. Sub means you put it into the basement, into the cellar. Like, you don't come up, you remain in the grave. Superconscious is makif. It represents that which is which is above, which is deeper. There's an expression I once saw. Two people fail in life. Two people. Those who don't have a plan and those who stick to their plan. Those who don't have a plan, we all know why they fail, because they don't have a plan. But there's a failure that's equally potent and sometimes more dangerous if you stick to your plan. Sometimes I have a plan and that becomes my trap. This is my plan. What happened to, what happened to, uh, to, uh, huh? Kodak. AOL. What was it? Nokia? Nokia? I saw one of the CEOs of one of these companies, I think it was Nokia, when they were closing down, he spoke to the people, all the employees, I think it was two or three thousand people. And he said, we did everything right. But that was the problem. That we were not ready to accept that times have changed. 
and everything that was right yesterday is wrong today. Sometimes I have such a beautiful plan, I get stuck to my plan because it's so well thought out. The problem is that this plan, which yesterday was your source of success, is today the reason for failure. We sometimes do it with our own children and our families. We have a beautiful plan. Everything is working. But using this plan for this child will be absolutely counterproductive. You know what you have to do at this moment? Take the plan, tear it up, throw it in the garbage, and say, no plan anymore. In other words, if I don't have a plan, I'm going to fail because I don't have a plan. But if I stick to my plan... I will often fail because I don't allow myself the element of spontaneity, of surprise, of reality that sometimes knocks on the door and says, hello, there's a different reality going on. I can't always plan for that. Stephen Covey uh, talks about a pilot has a flight plan. He knows what he wants to get. He says he follows a flight plan before the flight. But if you look at the total of the flight, Lamaisa, 98% of the time on his flight, he was not on that course. 98%, they did the statistics, 98 or 95% of the time, he was not on the course they planned out. He knows where he has to get, he knows where he's starting and has a plan. But most of the time, he's talking not flying quite that. Yeah, yeah. He still lands where he wanted to land. Beginning and the end, though, is very important. There's different ways. But the Nakuda here is, yeah, you'll see this. I'll tell you a little bit from my experience. It's just my own field of work. As you know, I speak a lot, sometimes too much. You can ask my Schwiger, she'll agree. And before I speak, I plan. I plan. Sometimes you have to wing it, but usually, if I have time and this, I plan. I very much uh, disrespect speakers who get up and don't know what they're going to say. And then they remind themselves things in the middle, and everybody has to suffer because they reminded themselves. And there's no structure, there's no beginning, there's no middle, there's no end. I believe when you present, it has to come full circle. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. And if something doesn't belong there, either in terms of content or at least engagement, it's it, delete it. Yeah, I told you once, somebody said, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you told them, and sit down. Okay. So I believe that structure and presentation is critical, and people right away hear it. Intelligent people, they right away know this, there's a structure, there's a theme, there's a beginning, there's a middle, this was thought out. It's a whole different mahalach. When somebody gets up and just, you know, uh, he reminded himself something and then he reminded himself something else, it's a whole different thing. And those, that planning, what you're going to say, what I'm going to say, is essential. It's vital to, to, to a wholesome, educational, meaningful, inspiring, engaging presentation, whatever the field is, whatever the issue is. However, I've learned over the years that uh, my plan of what I'm going to do and how it's going to affect people is always the smallest part of it. It's so often in the things that I never planned. And sometimes I'll say just because I felt that it should be said at that moment, where the impact is felt in people's lives beyond that 
which I could have ever expected and anticipated. And I see it constantly. Like sometimes in the middle, I say, should I say this? It's not, I didn't really plan it. And then, but you know what? It may, let, let me share it. And there, sometimes, transformations happen that I could never imagine. I hear feedback from people over the years. And I often see that the most powerful effects on people are from the things that I never planned. And even if I planned it, it was like, eh. And then, and, and it's, and that's how it is in life, in all of life. What, why? Because what I plan is limited to my ego. It's limited to my imagination. And imagination is not a bad thing. <laughs> you can't live without imagination. If I'm not imagining, what do I pl- have to pl- imagine? You imagine a trip. But then, there's, there are what we call the curveballs. <laughs> The curveballs of life, I can't imagine. So we look at curveballs and we say, oh my God, stop with these curveballs. I want to be able to be in control. Comes this chassid and tells his son, you don't understand. This is deeper. The mitzvah of shikha is a much deeper mitzvah. Because you can't plan for it. Why? Not because it's not connected to you. Because it's rooted in the essence of Kesser. Even that which is beyond Rotson. Because it's the Rotson behind the Rotson. That's what you just experienced. Now you have to throw a party. <laughs> this you have to embrace with the greatest, with the greatest oomph, with the greatest passion. Much more than anything else. You'll see an interesting thing we'll see soon. It's going to connect. Mashiach Baba Hesachadas. Mashiach comes without Das. The seed of Mashiach in the world always came in when people were unaware of it. <laughs> Go through the whole history. Loit is the father of Mayav. Mayav was the grandfather of Rus. Rus was the great grandmother of David, who was the grandfather of Mashiach. How did that seed, that gene, come into the world? Light was stoned. Now, that's not considered a positive story. <laughs> but it's a very deep story. Because if light would have been awake, it could have never happened. Because my das can't facilitate Mashiach. Because then Mashiach will be limited to my ego, my imagination, my perception. And all redemption in life is that which transcends your consciousness. It's not limited to your channels. That which I plan for could be awesome, but it never comes close to my true potential. Because it's that which is limited to my expectations and my desires and my journeys, which are good but they're always limited to what my mind can facilitate at this moment. But your real self is much bigger. (laughs) Mi idea! Mi idea! The Gemara says in Shabbos, Al tigoi b'meshichoi, elu tinoi kusol beis Don't touch my Mashiachs, my anointed ones. Who are these? The children. What's the meaning of this? What does it mean? <laughs> On one level you could say, every Jewish child, their mother teaches them, either be Mashiach or bring Mashiach. <laughs> but there's something very deep here. Every one of us, when we were children, you remember? 
you would daydream. <laughs> I mean, you, we still daydream. But as children, you dream. You know, the, the world is infinite and the life is limitless. You just dream. This one dreamt to be a police officer and this one a fireman and this one the president and this one to take over the world. But you have these innocent dreams. But then we grow up and one of the sad things is we stop dreaming. Reality kicks in and you just stop dreaming. So the Gemara says, Every child has this dream, change the world, bring Mashiach, liberate the world. When you grow up, you stop dreaming. He says, don't touch. Don't stop that dream. Don't let the child in you die. Don't let that child in you die. That, that free child. The child is much more connected to the unconscious, to the superconscious. So there's Matayv Chalkeinu, there's Mayafi Yerushaseinu, there's Manoyim Goyraleinu. If you look at your life, there's things you planned for, there's things you have because you planned for them, and you prepared for them, and you worked for them. And then there's so many things in life I never planned for. I may not have even wanted. We all know those stuff. And if I were to ask you, rewrite the story of your life and delete. Today they speak about editing genes. Gene editing. Can you imagine? You take an embryo of fetus. <laughs> this gene I don't like. Boom, out. I make the perfect child. So if you could now rewrite your life and make the perfect life, what is it going to look like? Isaac, you can do this. If you rewrite your life. Uh-huh. Exactly what you want to look like, who your friends should be, who your mother should be, your father, school, teacher, community, money, where you live, how you live, whatever you want. No. <laughs> what do you want to get rid of? The strimal? <laughs> the payas? <laughs> so let me tell you something now. And I know it's not, it may not be easy to hear. If you were rewriting it, if you were really rewriting it, you know what would be on that piece of paper? Exactly, exactly what your life is. Exactly what your life is. Because you did write it. Because you did write it. Now you're looking at me, really? You know what happened to me when I was seven years old? When I was four years old? When I was nine years old? And I don't have an answer to why. I don't have that. We don't have me idea. I don't know. And of course we all know that there's so many things we can do without. <laughs> and this is not a rational explanation of you deserve this because of some punishment. Chas It's a superconscious that controls it. Yeah. It's saying me idea is M-E idea. Me very good. M-E idea. Very good. Me idea. It's a Gemara. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, I think Dafir Aleph, everything in the world was created, L'daitom nivru, L'tzivyoyna nivru. Rashi says, God consulted every creature before it wanted to be created. <laughs> would you like to be created? How would you like to be? That's a very interesting thing. The famous Sefer Beis Yaakov from the Ishbitzin, the introduction has this long presentation. Yeah. The theme is, a soul is asked, do you want to be created? How you want to be created? What what type of life do you want? 
But we look at this, excuse me, <laughs> I can use this and I get rid of this and get rid of this and get rid of that and get rid of that. But that's all a very limited perspective. From a much, much deeper place, there are those things that are beyond us. And beyond us doesn't mean they're not connected to us. It means they're mamish in the deepest place. They're rooted in our own attic, in our own primius, even beyond soiviv. So there's mamale, there's soiviv in this attic. So this man, when he forgot, he says, I forgot, nebach, okay, let's do it. No. Wow. We just accessed the divine from the place that is beyond soiviv kalam. And we just access that part in us. And it can only come out beyond us. Rivka doesn't want Yitzchak to bless Yaakov from his own imagination. She wants him to bless Yaakov from his core. That's where she wants the blessings to come. She doesn't want Yaakov to receive the blessings from Yitzchak's uh, awareness level. She wants him to receive the blessings from that which is beyond awareness. Beyond us. It's not that the blessings were smaller. It's the blessings were much, much deeper. They were connected to the essence. That's what Rivka wanted. It's, it seems you cannot tap into this on your own. You can't say, I want to make a very important decision. I'm going to flip a coin now. Of course. You cannot do that. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, so the metaphor for that is gyro. It, it doesn't mean when I, if I, right, right, no, but that's the concept of what Goyrol means. Goyrol means it looks like the relationship is random because it's deeper than what can be explained intellectually. There are shlichasin in life, there are missions in life that I can explain why this belongs to me. This is my thing, this is your thing, this is your thing, this is her thing. There are those things in life, I look at it, why does it belong to me? Where do I come into this? Where do I come into this? Intellectually, I can't explain it. Emotionally, I can't explain it. I would have never imagined it, like Esther in the palace. So you could look at it and say, okay, let me run. Or you could say, this is, this is your moment. This may be your, your deepest moment. And we have so much of this in life. On one level, it can be very, very challenging. Because this really was not on paper. <laughs> this was not the plan of the company. At the other, on another level, this is your greatest moment. This is the moment to bring it all together. This is the opportunity behind all the opportunities. But for this, you have to suspend your ego. Because if you come with your ego, you said, sorry, we have a plan. <laughs> this is how we do it. These are the rules. This is the moment you got to break all the rules. Because the rules are simply becoming a trap. When you forget something, Sheikh. <laughs> fail. Well, the point here is that what we're... What, what we call bad is itself a product of Das. What we're calling bad is also a product of Das. It can be challenging, that, yeah. It can be very, I have to stretch my muscles, you know, you ever stretch? <laughs> you ever stretch? <laughs> it hurts to stretch. 
because you're, you're being stretched beyond your comfort zone, right? Good exercise tears the tissue, but it rebuilds muscle. And that's every person's Mashiach is Behesach Hadas. Mashiach is not only the collective Mashiach, it's also your personal. The Moira Nayim says in Chukas, the nitzitz of Mashiach in every person. That Mashiach always comes Behesach Hadas. It's always going to a place that's beyond Das. And in that place, you're completely one with it. This is your, this is yours in the deepest way. And you're completely empowered to do it. So light has to be sleeping. If he's awake, he could never bring in this light. If I'm planning this light, I'll never bring it in. You know why? My ego is limiting it. So when I'm communicating, I'm speaking, and I plan the speech, the energy that I planned will be limited to my plans. But my seichel is finite. Miracles can't happen there. It's when my das goes to sleep. <laughs> I could be a conduit to a much deeper place in me. That's where miracles happen. That's where transformations happen. Because it's not being filtered through my experience of it, through my perception of it. There's no time now, but I can tell you a few stories I experienced in my life where things I thought were the worst mistake and I regretted saying it and so forth. It was almost like it has happened. And it was things I couldn't imagine, the results I couldn't imagine. If you'll think about your life, you'll see this. Because it's dafka that way. It's not a mistake. If, if it would have been conscious, it could have not happened. Because I would have been limiting the flow. We limit the flow. Das is great. But it has its containers. It's perception. It's awareness. It, it, even in Ruchnius, in divinity, it's called spheris. It's structure. Even Ratzin is the way Kesser translates into a relationship with the conscious universe. With consciousness. Being spontaneous is part of the structure. Part of the structure is going beyond the structure. <laughs> huh? Sometimes it means flexibility, yeah. Sometimes it means, it means, yeah. And that, it takes a lot of courage. It often takes a lot of courage, especially if you are an organized person. <laughs> if you're not an organized person, great. Then you'll fail originally. But if you're a very organized person and you need that responsibility and the planning and so forth. The control, if I'm a control freak especially, and here I lose control. Great educators know this, great teachers know this, parents know this. So sometimes comes a moment, you look into your child's eyes, and all the rules and all the plans got to go out the window. And if not, you lost the moment. Shivrei luchas. Moshe had to break the luchas, yeah. It couldn't be according to plan. Moshe didn't sit and plan, I'll break the luchas. It wouldn't have happened. Right. The Mepharshim say how the, he didn't even have a right to do it. God gives him luchas, it's broken. Really? I said, I gave you something to deliver, you decided to break it. But Hashem said, Yeshe koich ha-chasha shibarta. Break it, it's uh, you are in the control, I break it. <laughs> you don't you don't want to give it to them. Give it back to me. Hide it. Deposit it. Okay. So this is true in so many in so many areas of life. And if you follow the seed of Mashiach, you'll see Moyav is born from this relationship when light is sleeping, right? In the next generation, that that's Rus. That's where Rus comes from. Rus was married to Boyaz. Where did Boyaz come from? Boyaz came from Yehuda. 
What type of relationship did Yehuda have? He had a relationship with Tamar. He was unaware of the relationship. Imagine the seed of Mashiach was brought in by men who were clueless. Light is sleeping, and Yehuda thinks he's with some uh, woman who's completely not part of the program. Because Tamar disguised herself. And that's how Peretz was born. What is going on here? The seed of Mashiach comes through relationships that are very problematic. Everybody knows it says in Allah, the husband has to be aware and the wife has to be aware and there's a consciousness and a connection and a love and a relationship and you're not supposed to be asleep, you're not supposed to be drunk, you're not supposed to be angry and you're not supposed to be out for lunch. These are halachas of Shulchan Aruch. You remember your chasen classes? And we can't consciously do the same thing to forget about it because it would be wrong. <laughs> exactly. There's the matam and adas and there's the adas. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to start getting stoned. Yeah, Somebody will say, okay, very good. Now the lesson is, I'll be drunk forever. You're not going lamaylam and adas. You're just forfeiting responsibility. You understand that? It's the opposite. You have to be sensitive to this. Yeah, You know the guy, right? He was drinking and drinking, and then he tells his sister. He says, I'm reading these articles, and they tell you that if you drink, you're killing your brain cells, and you die young. He says, that's it, I got to change. She says, what are you going to change? He says, I'm going to stop reading. So when a person, uh, when you when you look at this, so Yehud does the same thing. Now, And it goes further. Boyaz with Rus. <laughs> Rus caught him by surprise. He was startled. Why couldn't Naomi make a normal shidduch? Make a normal shidduch. No, go in the middle of the night in the field. You know the story with Rus. In the middle of the field, she shows up in the middle of the night, Boyaz, Vayilofes, he's trembling. Weiter. <laughs> From this is going to come the seed. They had a baby called Oivet. Oivet was the father of Yisha. Yisha was the father of David. And an interesting thing is in all of these situations, the women were aware. Tamar, Lloyd's daughter, Rus. The women were always aware. They somehow could be aware. And, huh? And, and, and Rivka was aware. Rivka was aware. Yitzchak wasn't aware, but Rivka was aware. Yeah. So there's a very, very deep dynamic here going on, and we'll see in the continuation of the Mimer how all of this plays out. Have a wonderful day. The, 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 the Pnimi Sakesavad. Aval muda is nisht muda v'mirzagin muda. A woman is malchus, and the bittel of malchus allows her to remain open to infinity without disturbing the process. The bittel of a woman is a womb. It's a womb that is ready to carry life without mixing in. If Yehuda Bayaz Light would have been a weir. It would have obstructed the energy. It would have limited it. The woman could remain present in awe without manipulating it. It's a different quality. It's a quality of makabal, the ability to receive. We say masculinity is mashpia, femininity is makabal. So people think the man gives, the woman takes. Yeah, sometimes he gives, sometimes she gives and he takes. <laughs> it's give and take. Mechabal is the ability to receive without manipulating it.
The ability to be open to the pure flow without disturbing it, without imposing your energy. And that's why she carries the baby, the miracle of life. That's what Mechabal is. Mechabal is harder than Mashbiya. Mechabal is, I could suspend myself completely and become an empty womb that just carries you without defining, imposing my identity on it. Mechabal. She just knows she has to do it. even knows. What? I could become. I once went to somebody, I needed help, I needed help for a project. So I went to him, a very successful person. So in the process, I asked him for advice. He says, listen, I don't have seichel. <laughs> I don't give advice. <laughs> I'm just a facilitator. <laughs> I don't have strategy, I don't have insight. I just facilitate. Tell me what you need, I'll facilitate. It was very refreshing. He said, I'm not going to give you advice because I don't know. I facilitate. Maslow. <laughs> That's why he has a Sach Maslow. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I'll tell you tomorrow a beautiful story about the Ursameach with a lottery ticket. But it's a long mice, it's not for now. I'm a land yeah, of course, that's the Gairel of Yom Kippur. The Gemara, the Mishnah says in Yom that the two goats of Yom Kippur had to be identical. The two goats had to look the same, same height and same value, same money. Two, why? The Gemara learns it out from the Pesukim that the two goats had to be identical. One ended up in Kaidash HaKadoshim. That's where they brought the blood, and once a year they brought the blood, they sprinkled it by the Aaron, and one ended up down a cliff, broken into pieces. And what shows this and this? A girl. And they were identical. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.